Welcome to Discovering the Jewish Jesus with Rabbi Schneider. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and today we're going to be learning what God is waiting on before bringing us into the end of days. Look at most teenagers and you'll quickly see that our hearts are naturally inclined towards rebellion. And when we don't allow the Spirit of God to work through us, sometimes the results are painful. But today on the program, Rabbi Schneider is going to explain why God chooses patience over wrath. Our lesson is the final part of a much larger series titled Journeying Through the Book of Romans. So let's join Rabbi Schneider for a quick recap as we begin our study from the forest of Colorado. In Romans 9, Paul has been teaching that God has an elect people in the earth whom he chose to save. Right now, there's a remnant whom the Lord chose according to his grace. Paul knew that when he taught that, humankind would object, that they would accuse God of being unfair and unjust for not treating everybody equally. Paul responds to that by saying, who are you, O man, to accuse God? Does not the potter have the right over the clay to make from the same lump of clay one vessel for honor and another for common use or dishonor? Paul continues now by saying this in the 22nd verse. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? Now, you have to understand, first of all, that Paul is tying this verse into an earlier verse that he wrote in the same chapter, verse number 17, where Paul said this, For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I raised you up, to demonstrate my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed throughout the whole earth. In other words, God said in the Torah, before Pharaoh hardened his own heart, God said to Moses, Moses, I'm going to send you before Pharaoh and I'm going to harden his heart. It's true that Pharaoh hardened his own heart, but even deeper than that, God hardened his heart. Now you have to understand that God didn't harden an innocent Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh's heart was already hardened. All of humanity's heart is naturally in rebellion against God. God doesn't harden innocent people's hearts. He hardens hearts that are already hardened. But in hardening Pharaoh's heart, God created an opportunity to show his glory because every time Pharaoh resisted Moses' declaration to him, when Moses said, thus saith the Lord, let my people go, every time Pharaoh resisted, God did a great miracle and the fame of his name spread to Egypt and beyond. So God's purpose was to use Pharaoh's hardness to glorify himself. So Paul is referring to the same concept here when he says this in verse 22. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, Paul is saying God is ready. He wants to demonstrate his wrath 
and make his power known. Listen again. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, God's ready to do it. He's ready to show his glory by exterminating sinners from the earth. He's ready to bring forth his punishment against evil and wrong. But Paul continues, what if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? This gets back to what Paul said in the previous two verses, that God from the same lump of clay made some vessels for honor and others for dishonor or common use. So God now has made these vessels and he's ready to punish them. He's ready to exterminate sinners from the earth, but he hasn't done it yet, Paul is gonna say, because he still has people that are his own part of his elect that he chose before the foundation of the world that he wants to save. And so he's holding back. He's holding back his wrath against evil. He's holding back from showing his glory against sinners because there are still people alive and that are going to be born that he wants to save, that are part of his chosen remnant that were chosen in Jesus, according to Ephesians 1, before the foundation of the world. So listen again. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction and he did so to make known, why did he do it? Why is he holding forth, showing his glory? Why is he holding forth his wrath? He did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of mercy which he prepared beforehand for glory, even us, whom he also called, not from among Jews only, but also from among Gentiles. Are you getting the big picture? This is a hard truth to understand. It really involves us trusting who God is. Because Paul, once again, he realized that mankind would not easily receive this. He said, who are you, O man, that answers back to God when man began to object to this teaching in Romans 9? We have to, first of all, trust that God is good, that God has a right in his goodness and in his sovereignty to choose from the earth vessels that he wanted to show his mercy to in Jesus. And upon those whom he allowed to continue in their rebellion, because remember, mankind was already in rebellion before Jesus came. Right, the whole world was guilty before God, before Jesus came. So God didn't send Jesus to a group of good guys. God sent Jesus into a world where all of humanity was in rebellion against him. But when we speak of rebellion against God, what we're actually referring to is when mankind lives as an island unto himself. In other words, you might look around and you think, well, these people are good people. I mean, look at my good neighbor over there. They might not be Christians, but look how good they are. They give to the poor. They treat other people well. They're respectful. But what we need to understand is when people are not worshiping God, they've set themselves up as an idol, as if they're God. Rather than worshiping and serving the creator, they live as if they themselves are a God without any worship of the one that made them. The scripture says, will the thing made 
say to the one that made it, you did not make me. And so, beloved, do you see that when people are living lives separate from Jesus, separate from worshiping God, separate from living unto him, separate from living unto the one from whom are all things, when people are living in a different reality than that, they're in rebellion against God. They made themselves the center of the universe rather than making God the center of the universe. And in so doing, they're children of wrath that deserve to be punished because they refused to worship and serve the creator. This is how Paul began the book of Romans. He said the wrath of God in Romans chapter one and two is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness of men that suppress the truth. Because rather than worshiping and serving the creator, they worshiped and served themselves in the creation. So even though people might seem like they're good people to you, because they're not worshiping and serving their creator, they're living in hostility and in rebellion against the creator. And this is why the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. God sent Jesus to reconcile us. And anybody that comes to Jesus, once again, God will save. But mankind is walking away from Jesus rather than towards him. And so the only ones that come to him are the ones the Father sovereignly chooses and draws. You're listening to Discovering the Jewish Jesus and Rabbi will be right back in a moment. It's our prayer that today's message has been a blessing to you so far, and we hope that it enriches your walk with Yeshua. If you have a prayer request, we invite you to submit it online at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Our team lifts up every individual request before the Lord, and it would be our pleasure, privilege, and honor to pray for you and your family. At Discovering the Jewish Jesus, we are looking for like-minded people who are ready to partner with us. If you're sensing the Lord leading you to offer a financial gift of support, would you please contact us today? Become a monthly partner. Go to discoveringthejewishjesus.com or to give a gift of any amount today, just call 800-777-7835. And now here's Rabbi Schneider with the rest of today's message. This is why Yeshua said in John 6 to the few that remained with him after he had said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in yourself. And upon hearing that, they said, who can listen to this? And they all left. And then Yeshua looked at the few that remained and he said, this is why I said to you that no man can come to me unless it's been granted from the Father. And so the point, once again, is, is that mankind is in rebellion against God. And God is going to punish it. And he's going to reveal his glory. And he's going to reveal his righteousness against unrighteousness. He's ready and willing and wants to do it. He wants to exterminate evil and unrighteousness from the earth. But he hasn't done it yet. We're getting back to the text. He hasn't done it yet because there are still people that are alive that are part of those whom he chose in himself before the foundation of the world, according to Ephesians 1, that haven't come to him yet. They're not saved yet. And even those that are not born yet that are part of his elect. So Paul says once again, he says, 
that God is willing. What if God, although willing to demonstrate his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, and he did so to make known the riches of his glory upon vessels of his mercy, which he prepared beforehand, which gets back to the earlier text in this chapter when Paul is describing Jacob and Esau before they were even born, God said, Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. Paul's referring to the same concept, vessels of mercy, which he prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he also called, not from among Jews only, but also from among Gentiles. And so this, what I've been teaching, is a common major thread of revelation. It's a constant river of revelation through the entire Bible. There are a few verses in scripture that seem to teach something different than what I'm saying. Let me give you an example. Oftentimes people will take all that I've said and discount it because of a few verses. Let me share with you what the verses are. First of all, I'm looking in the book of 2 Peter, chapter number three, verse number nine. Hear the word of God. Peter writes here, the Lord is not slow about his promise. This is the second coming. The Lord is not slow about his promise as some count slowness. This is very typical or similar, I should say, to what Paul just got done saying, that God's ready to show his wrath, but he hasn't shown it yet because there are still vessels of mercy that he prepared before and for glory that need to come to him. This is the same thing that Peter is saying. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. Who's you? You is the entire ecclesia. It's the entire church. But is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. What is Paul talking about here? What is Peter talking about here? The same thing that God's wrath has not been revealed because God is waiting to bring in the full number of those that have been chosen in Jesus before the foundation of the world, according to Ephesians chapter one. There's another verse that people sometimes quote to try to discredit all that I've been teaching. It's in the book of 1 Timothy chapter number two, where Paul says that we should make prayers and petitions on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority. And then he continues there, that God desires all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And I believe that this verse is easily explained when we consider that what we're referring to in Timothy is a general word that God is saving people in the earth from all walks of life, from kings and people in authority, governors, as well as the common men. God has people from all walks of life that are part of his remnant people. The bottom line, beloved, at the end of the day is this. If I have 500 verses in the Bible that say one thing, and I have three verses that say the opposite of the 500, I need to interpret the three in light of the 500 rather than interpreting the 500 in light of the three. Let me say it another way. Through the entire word of God, from Genesis through Revelation, The scripture teaches that God is sovereign and he sovereignly chooses people to be his own from the face of the earth. The ones that he chooses are not because they're better than other people. Paul said in the book of Ephesians concerning the chosen that we 
were by nature, even as those that were not chosen. Paul said, we were by nature, speaking of those of us that are chosen, he said, we're by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, made us alive in Christ. And so there's nothing different about the people that are chosen in and of themselves. God just has chosen to extend his mercy to them only because of what's in his own heart. So we have an entire river of scripture that shows us, beginning with Israel, all the way through the New Testament, where Jesus said, for example, in John 10, but you believe not, he said to those that didn't believe in him, because you're not my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. My father has given them to me and no man shall snatch them out of my hand. All through the entire Bible, we read that God has a remnant people. In fact, in John 17, in what is known as the high priestly prayer, Yeshua, before going to the cross, prays to the Father. And he says, Father, I pray not for the world, but for those whom thou has given me. See, beloved, we have to take the main teaching of the Word of God about election and interpret the few verses that seem to be saying something different in light of the huge volume of Scripture that speaks of what I'm saying today. I know that some of you may have a hard time receiving it. I want to encourage you and lovingly challenge you to read Romans chapter 9 with an open heart before the Lord for yourself. Now, what's the value for you today? The value is in realizing that when you're out sharing Jesus with people, it's not up to you to save them. You just have to be a faithful witness. And as you're a faithful witness, God will use your witness by anointing it with the Holy Spirit to reach those that he wants to reach. And beyond this, beloved, knowing what I'm teaching today in your own soul will produce a great security in you. Because if you know that it's God that brought you to himself, you can also trust him to keep you. Beloved, this is Rabbi Schneider today saying, I love you. I hope the word that I brought to you today resonates within your heart and that it produces security in you and also a soundness of mind. You see, for myself as a preacher, I have no illusions that my ministry is gonna save the world. All I wanna do is I wanna present Jesus to the entire world. My goal is not to save the world, only God can save someone. My goal is simply to make Jesus known to people. And then I let the Holy Spirit do the rest, knowing that he will take the word that I preach and use it in the lives of those he wants to reach by it. Father, we open our hearts to you today. We love you today. What can we say but that you are God? Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for choosing us in Jesus. Father, we wanna love you with our whole heart, strength, soul, and mind. Help us to take this gift of salvation that you've given us and use our testimony to spread your name among the entire world.
You're listening to the Bible teaching ministry of Rabbi Schneider here on Discovering the Jewish Jesus. If you'd like to learn more about this nonprofit ministry or how you can know Jesus more intimately and personally this year, we'd like to invite you to connect with us online. You'll find us at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And if you're ready to take that next step of faith, then we would love for you to let us know that you've just accepted Jesus into your life as your Savior and friend. We've got a couple of great resources that we'd like to send you. Rabbi presents the gospel in a clear and an easy to understand way. And so many of our listeners say that they've grown in their faith because they've never heard this material before. And the fruits of this ministry are being lived out through the lives of people just like you who are being changed and transformed by Rabbi's uncompromising approach to teaching God's Word. And now to share a little bit more about why you should partner with us, here is Rabbi once again. Beloved, it's important that we put God first in every area of our lives. It concerns me that it seems that so many people today are trying to use God for an experience, but they're not being obedient. I think of many, many people that are going to churches, they love the worship music, but they're not being obedient to God's Word. Jesus said, unless a man picks up his cross, denies himself and follows me, He cannot be my disciple. Sacrificial obedience is the only way to truly walk hand in hand with God. This is why it's important how we handle our finances. Going back to the first book of the Bible with Abraham, all the way through the New Testament, we see that those that truly walk with God honor Him in every area of their lives, including their finances. I wanna just ask you today, If discovering the Jewish Jesus is being used by Father God in your life to be a blessing, would you honor him with your finances through this ministry? To partner with us this year, please call 800-777-7835. Or you can also give a financial gift in the mail when you send your check to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. You know, a lot of people have found it easier and more convenient to partner with us online. So if that's you, you can find us at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Your partnership with this nonprofit ministry, it's vitally important for us to continue reaching people all across the globe. And as our way of saying thank you for your generous financial gifts and prayers, you'll receive an engaging and insightful newsletter from Rabbi Schneider, and it's prepared each month especially for you, along with Rabbi's message of the month. And if you'd like to start your day off in a more personal way this year, make sure to sign up to receive our daily devotional. This daily dose of encouragement is delivered free to your email inbox. So please sign up to receive yours today when you visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com. And now let's close today's message from our series, Journey Through the Book of Romans with a Special Blessing. What I love about the ironic blessing is that it did not originate with man. The words actually proceeded from the very essence of God himself. The blessing comes from the book of Numbers, chapter 6. So listen to these words and receive the blessing of the Lord into your life today. Yahweh, 
you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up with his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. I'm your host, Dustin Roberts, and Discovering the Jewish Jesus is a production of Shalom Ministries. Join us tomorrow when Rabbi Schneider explains what it means to be called to breakthrough. That's coming up Friday on Discovering the Jewish Jesus.